I don't know about you, but this has been a busy week and it's only Tuesday. For those of you in the States, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I hope it's a day filled with gratitude, great food, and time with wonderful friends and family. Welcome to Poet Kind Podcast. This is episode 19 and I am so excited to bring an episode of Poet Talk your way this week. I had the privilege of welcoming singer, songwriter, and poet Crystal Wells. Crystal has several albums under her belt and has written hit songs for folks like Ellie Holcomb, Natalie Grant, and others. It's always such a joy to sit down and chat with her. She's a remarkable artist, and I met her at Refine Retreat last year. I first got to know Krista through her music, but it was poetry that started a conversation that ended up having a tremendous impact on the direction my own work took. I have been grateful to get to know her a little, and I want you to as well. And with that, we'll head right into our interview. Please look Krista up online. Visit her site. Again, that's KristaWellsMusic.com and other locations where her work can be found. She has several albums that are available, and they're all wonderful. My personal favorites are Velveteen and Frame the Clouds. Krista and I talked about a retreat, Refine Retreat. This is the brainchild and baby of Chris Camille. It is designed for the creative soul and feeds the spirit to overflowing. Visit RefineRetreat.com for more information. The 2019 retreat is almost sold out. I believe there's two spots left. Women from all over the world gather here at this small retreat, and I think there's a maximum of approximately 40 spots available each year. There are great musicians, writers, poets, spiritual leaders. Look it up. You won't be disappointed. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us on Poet Kind Podcast. And if you would please take a moment to follow us over on Instagram and Twitter. Those are the only two places you'll find us. And if you like what happens here, please visit your favorite podcast platform and leave us some love in the form of a comment and a rating. It helps us get heard. We believe in being generative here at Poet Kind. Go out and build your world. Create the life you long for now. I use this as a hashtag frequently when I talk about Poet Kind and my own work. So hashtag create the life you long for now with any great work that you've been doing out there. We'd love to hear about it. Also, if you're a poet, writer, artist, creative of any sort, and want to be a part of Poet Kind, drop me an email at poetkindpodcast at gmail.com, and let's have a conversation and may even feature you here somewhere down the road. Until next time, though, whatever it is that you do that brings light and life into the world, go out there and do that. Hi, Krista. Thank you so much for joining me here on Poet Kind Podcast. I am super excited to have you I'm here. I'm excited too, Susan. I'm so glad to get to talk to you today. Well, I'm just so honored to even be invited to talk about poetry with you on your podcast because poetry has been a part of my journey all along, but it's only recently that it's become a very conscious part of my life. And, and it is um, something I'm really joyful and excited about. So thanks for having me on here. When I look back at my life, um, I was raised in a family that moved around a lot. My, my father was an army officer and my mom was um, a 
very outgoing and loving is a very outgoing and loving person whose greatest joy is to bring people together and love on them. So she was always involved with youth groups and our community. And so neither one of them were artists or considered themselves artists, but really did a great job of encouraging all my siblings and I to be creative and to practice instruments and to exercise our gifts. And I don't know how they knew to do that, but I'm so grateful. They always made sure we had a piano in the house um, wherever we moved, even if it was just a little Yamaha keyboard, we had something to make music on and um, sang together. My, my youngest sister and I loved to make up plays and musicals and choreograph songs. And we would just make our family and friends come and watch us in the living room, do our little performances. <laughs> That's great. And, so you know, um, we were always involved with creative activities. So it was, it was just my natural, the water I swam in. I don't think I thought it was unusual at all, but I do look back and I can, you know, trace back to age five or six when I was just drawn to words and melodies and was always playing with them. So I would find maybe a nursery rhyme and I would think, oh, this doesn't have music to it. I'll make something okay. up and then I'll record myself singing it on our little tape recorder where you had to push record and play at the same time. <laughs> you know, the old I fashion. remember those. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, it was my favorite toy. And so I, I would just make stuff up. And then later on, you know, my sister and I um, wanted to make up musicals. And so I would, we would assign parts and go off to our corners and make up a little song and perform it. And, and it was just always there. Um, we, I think my first memory of actually writing poetry, um, it may have happened sooner, but I remember we had just moved to West Germany, what was then West Germany. I was in fifth grade and there was a community fair, you know, where you can enter different contest categories and okay. bake cakes or whatever. And I chose to write a poem about my dog that we had had to leave behind in Alabama. And and write this poem and submit it. And I got some kind of little certificate or, <laughs> or you got you some know, affirmation, I got for some it. affirmation for it. And yeah, so, but I, you know, I never really paid attention to poetry. I think later in high school, I, I loved, I was such a romantic that <laughs> I think I carried around poetry books more than I actually read them just because I love okay, the there idea, you, go. you know, I was, I loved the idea of the poets and, and poetry, and I spent a lot of time um, escaping my very crowded and busy and boisterous household by taking my books down to, you know, some solitary place in the woods or yeah. the river. I don't think I even thought about the importance of the natural world at that time. I didn't realize that that was part of my, the essence of who I am. I just thought, oh, I need to get out of this noisy household. But now I look back and see, oh, the poetry, the the um, the trees, the water, all of that was yeah. food that I sought out in one way or another. It's deeply ingrained in you. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, just a little side note. I did not realize that we had um, a parallel there. I grew up a military kid traveling oh. all over. And... Yeah. And finding solace in those creative outlets and hiding myself away. And um, yeah, so it, I, don't, I don't know if 
being part mm-hmm. of that environment is what helps fuel it. But mm-hmm. it's, what a great thing that you had parents that, that recognized and just fed that. Yes. So. I'm so great. And they still do. They just have always been our champions, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and now that I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but it seems like a natural segue. You also, as part of the exploration of poetry and creativity and music, you started hosting some amazing retreats and is it, isn't it out, mm. out in your parents' neck of the woods? Sometimes they are. I'm trying to make use of that space more because it makes my parents so happy to have people out there and it's such a beautiful place and I feel so connected to it. Um, so yeah, I, I love bringing people together. That makes me really, um, I don't know, just it bring, it's life giving to me to invite people in and then stand back and observe how, how they make connections with one another. And, you know, um, I'm sure you're so good at it because when you facilitated a poetry circle, um, which is mm-hmm. when I first met you, yeah, uh, you did just a phenomenal job. So that's, thank um, you. That's just seems like the natural next step for you. So, hmm. um, Go ahead. Oh, I was just um, thinking about that poetry circle on the day we met because it was so funny that um, Chris Camille invited me there to to play music for for the group, and it was such a such a fun thing for me because I was in awe of, of your whole group. All of you guys were like quote real writers, you know, your authors and <laughs> and poets, and and I'm a songwriter and I'm used to being around musicians. So this was a different thing to be around people who wrote other types of literature. And, um, and I just was learning from you all. So she said, Hey, would you mind leading a poetry circle or a poetry workshop? And I've tried to get in the habit of saying yes to not, not saying yes, willy nilly to everything that comes my way, but to say yes to things that I might otherwise say no to out of fear yeah. Or feeling underqualified. And um, so when she asked me, I, I really was internally going, I, I am not a poet. I don't know <laughs> why you're asking me to do this. I mean, I shared, I had been sharing poetry online, not my own, but Mary Oliver's and other, but um, I actually had to Google poetry circle, how to <laughs> before, before I led that group. Cause I was like, how do you do this? Are there rules? But it ended up being just such a natural thing because of who all of you guys were, you know, and how open-hearted you were. So. Well, I'll, I'll let that. you in on a little secret. At least one person in the circle was sitting there going, I'm not a poet. I don't <laughs> These are all really important people. And, and I'm just, I'm crashing their party. So yeah, um. that same bubble was probably floating over every head in the room. Probably. <laughs> I think we suffer from fears individually and forget that it's a collective yes. experience. Yes. But it's, it's so. so amazing how those small, seemingly small moments in our lives can be so pivotal because oh life changes yes I mean really it's surprising you just don't see it coming and then you happen to be in this room with these people and experience something that sets you know that alters your course and I know that happened mm-hmm. for me um mm-hmm. oh, by me way as of well. that moment mm-hmm. yeah. um you shared that you um 
you know, we're posting poetry and Mary Oliver. Mm-hmm. I, I love her works. And I, I, I think I've mentioned this in the, in previous podcasts, but I would be ashamed to show her. Conversations in the margins, you know, responding to what she mm-hmm. says or what her words are. And it's just beautiful. So I am deeply moved by her else. Do you, who do you look to for your inspiration or where do you, where do you find um, that? I don't, you know, I also poetry? don't have like a long list of poets that I have studied or followed. Um, so Mary Oliver, well, a few years ago, I think it was Billy Collins who first brought me back into reading poetry. He was mm-hmm. one year the poet laureate of the United States and he was interviewed on NPR and I happened to catch it and I was intrigued so I started buying some of his books and and they're very different from from Mary Oliver they're um so it wasn't as personal to me reading his poetry but I was I was inspired and and delighted by by his way with words and then um let's see I think it may have been well there was a, a poet in Mississippi named Beth Ann Fennelly I stumbled across because she had a book of letters that she had published and my sister gave it to me and I just loved her writing in general so then I um, followed you know got involved with her poetry a bit and got to hear her recite here in Nashville one at one point and um, there were so there were these little moments in the last few years where I just stumbled onto somebody and it kind of awakened that in me again but then um mm-hmm. I was at an art camp for high schoolers and we came uh we were presented with a Mary Oliver poem one night called praying and I was just like where why don't I know about this woman why <laughs> where have I been and then my friend Taylor gave me one of her books of poetry mm-hmm. um, of Mary Oliver's and I was completely smitten so she has been my my favorite um over the last several last two or three years um and then another woman um, that i'm friends with um sent me a book called poems from the pond by peggy i still don't know how she pronounced her last name friedberg or friedberg do you know her work at all okay yep i Mm -hmm. i do if i if i'm thinking of the same person um she wrote a book Yes, and she was which is nearly a hundred. Yeah, and it's so stunning. inspiring because well, and isn't that all, inspiring? I'm just always looking for women who are further down the road than I am, be, who are inspiring. You know, I think we're all a little bit fearful of what's to come, and so yeah. if we find people who still have that spark and uh, radiance. Um, and are making good things in the world in their later years. I just want to like soak, soak it all up. Yeah. Tell me everything you've seen. Tell me how to do, how to live this way. And so Peggy, I think, did not even begin writing poetry yeah. until her late eighties or maybe ninety. Before that, she had re- been a novelist. Um, but her poems just were okay. are so moving to me. So she's. Uh, one that I keep returning to. And then um, just in the last six months, I've been introduced to um, a 13th century Persian mystic poet named Hafiz. And he has just, oh, he's just been the best the last few months. Um, it's H-A-F-I-Z. And he 
he writes in this ecstatic okay. spiritual form that I've just never seen before. And oh, yes. Mm, oh, he's, he, it's very, up a little bit more. Um, there's just a, there's a lot of joy in his writing and it's, it's like he's writing about very, he's writing about God. He's writing about humanity in, in an almost beautifully irreverent way. He makes God very um, personal, very mm. up close. And it's very brave writing. Um, David oh, I love White, that. Yeah. Um, John O'Donohue. Yeah. I'm, I'm still getting acquainted oh, with um, both John O'Donohue and David White's work. Um, but I've gotten to hear them on podcasts and YouTube and stuff. So I'm, I'm eager to become more familiar with their writings, but everything I've come across so far is just, oh, just exquisite. It makes me want to go and write, you know, and I think that's the test yeah. of great art for me. Like when I go and hear a live show by a musician and, and I kind of feel like leaving halfway through, cause I want to go write something. I think that's a compliment to them, their artistry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now you, you mentioned songwriting. Um, I think I unfortunately kind of glossed over that initially. Um, you've been writing music, <laughs> like you said, probably since you were five years old. And, and I know we had a converse, a brief conversation a while back and there was a, a marked difference between mm. songwriting and poetry for you. Uh, if I recall correctly, could you explain that yeah. just a little About bit? I'm a little curious. I don't think we ever finished our conversation. <clears throat> hmm. The difference. I don't yeah. recall what I yeah, was saying. Yeah, they're different for you. <laughs> the last time, but um, I know, I mean, song songwriting came to me, <laughs> you know, came to me with gravity before poetry did. Um, in that, it, it's what I went diving deep into mm -hmm. in my teen years. I did write poetry as well, but I, I discovered really great joy in songwriting. Um, poetry, you know, so songwriting has been with me for so long, you know, like 30 years of almost daily, you know, work. And so it came about without instruction. So it, it came mm -hmm. to me in a very organic, personal way. And then I learned how to do it years later. <laughs> you know, I, I, I saw I took classes later or I went to okay. workshops. I got feedback later, but I had a few years to just play with it. Um, but because I was I did begin looking to it as a vocation, you know, within a few years, um, you know, I, I thought of it consciously as a craft as well um, by the time I was in my early 20s. And so it's, you know, I exercise it with with a different part of my brain, I guess I have, I have the inspiration and the personal connection with each song, but then I'm also crafting it and I know how to do that, you know? Um, so one mm -hmm. of the differences is I don't yeah. know how to write poetry. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know the, I've never, well, I mean, I'm only in, I that, beg to in, differ. in that intuitive <laughs> stage. And, and I wonder if or how or when yeah. I might seek out, you know, education in it. I, I was an English major, so it's not that I've never taken a poetry class, but um, I just haven't ever taken myself seriously okay. in terms of writing poetry. So when I when I write poetry, it it's very often early in the morning um, when I'm 
between in a way between sleep and awake. Um, and mm-hmm. it's almost a compulsion. And it, this has only been in the last year or so, really. Um, and I've, I've just been going through a, um, a massive life crisis and life change. And I, for some reason, poetry has become this, like you said, a real place of solace. Um, and it, it may be because it's not mixed up with mm-hmm. my um, career. Maybe it feels like a different kind of pure space. Um, so when I go to write, it's, it's almost just, um, it's just kind of welling up and coming out onto the page rather quickly, you know, and I, I, yeah, I haven't yet spent a lot of time editing or, or right. Treating it like a craft. It's, it's very much inspiration and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like it's deeply, it's personal. deeply personal right now. It's more about, yeah, it's more about the exploration of, yes. of both the writing of it, but the self of it. And maybe it will just evolve organically as you go forward. But it sounds like it's, yes, it's, it's really doing um, what it, it needs to like do right now. Therapy for me, even when I'm not writing to or for my, you know, I'm sometimes I'm writing something that's on my, that's in me for someone else, you know. Um, but either way, it feels like very gut level, yeah, yeah. I guess. It's not, it doesn't feel like a cerebral exercise yeah. so much. Um, Yes. And it's, it feels very spiritual. It feels like prayer, you know? So, and, and really that's Mm -hmm. how, you know, that is why I think poetry started to become, I think I had mentioned to you in one conversation that I, that looking back over my life, it's like poetry has been this, you know, this animal sleeping in the room. Um, It's been popping its head up here and there, but I just hadn't really paid much attention to it. Um, and now it's become a real companion, which reminds me of a quote I'll share with you in a minute from Mary Oliver, but um, <clears throat> it's become a real companion. And I think a big part of that is that over the last couple of years, when I found myself in this very foreign life terrain, um, I just found it very difficult to access my connection or to connect with God in the ways I had connected with God in the past. And it just, things weren't working, you know, they, they weren't, okay. they weren't able to penetrate through this membrane of pain, sort of, you know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't connect, I couldn't mm-hmm. feel anything, but I would open up a book of poetry, and it would preach to me um, in, in the most beautiful way. And, and I don't yeah. even want to use the word preach, because that feels too much like, I don't like what preaching has been in my life. But it's, it's more like, um, I don't know, like an IV, I guess, <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's more, it's a balm to your soul. It's, it's, you know, it's, um, oh, I, I, I just have, I can't come up with the words. I just have this image of somebody mm. yes. almost like stroking your hair. I mean, it's soothing. It's, it's a comfort and it's, it's serving you in a way that that right. you needed service for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Does I think it's, uh, you know, Sorry. And, and <laughs> as a songwriter, I have, I'm, I'm so used to hearing people who, you know, resonate with a song say, 
thank you. You know, you, you articulated what I've, what I feel, what I can't articulate. You, you spoke for me mm-hmm. and I've, because I, I've always been able to articulate through song, I haven't really, you know, I can, I can um, say, oh, thanks. I'm so glad that that's true. But it feels like a normal thing for me to be able to articulate. Yeah. But there, but in this season, there were many things that I could not articulate and wasn't, and still I'm not ready to write songs about. But, but when I read a poem, yeah. I get it. I'm like, oh, you have articulated for me. You know, you, thank you so much for speaking for me, especially Mary Oliver, I feel like. You know, you are saying exactly yeah. what I feel about this world and about my humanity and about our life together here. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I, yeah, I think, I think as far as um, the, another, you know, difference between songwriting and poetry, songwriting to sit down and write a song about something I'm experiencing feels um, right now often too much. Like it's, it's, I, I can't write a whole song about this, but I can Mm -hmm. write a few lines of poetry, you know, the form feels much more open and, uh, mm, inviting to me right now. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm grateful that, that you are, are spending time in poetry and, um, I've, I've seen some of your words, Mm -hmm. so I know what's there. And I think it, um, I think it's absolutely beautiful. And I, I can't wait to see what, what comes next for you. Um, I had now. I think in some ways you've spoken to this, but um, whether it's in songwriting or poetry, which um, I'll backtrack just a little bit. When I think of some of your songs, um, which there are there are so many that are just like heart songs. They just reach into your mm. heart and grab on. Um, and I, you know, I, I mm. love Velveteen. That's a beautiful song, but I think Butterfly is probably my favorite. And I see that very mm. much as poetic, the expression of, of uh, yeah. letting go. Um, I thought that was beautiful, such a beautiful song, both musically, but Thank also you. Um, poetically. Thank you. I, I uh, wrote that one for my oldest child and, um, yeah, I, songwriting does still help me to say to other people a lot of times what I what I want to say. Um, yeah, that. Yeah. Now, be, but between your your songwriting and your poetry, other than being <laughs> plopped in a poetry circle that you never expected, have there been times when your writing has taken you in unexpected directions? Hmm. Maybe, maybe um, explain what you're thinking or what. Well, maybe, you know, uh, it's led to experiences that you hadn't anticipated or resulted in, um, resulted Mm. in some sort of spark. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or maybe I'm just um, not saying that properly. Just, just, you, you know, because you, you are, you do have a gift of words, Um, you know, maybe if you found yourself someplace you never thought you would be because of that I think mainly um, it surprises me the relationships that um, form you know or or become possible because of the writing so maybe less so that I'm surprised by 
you know, where the writing leads me artistically, but I'm, although that does happen, especially in collaboration that happens. Um, but I'm, I'm always delighted and amazed by the relational um, sparks that are made possible because we intersect through a song. Um, you know, just, I, I think, I think of all the, how yeah. reluctant I was to go and, you know, writing the music is no problem for me. I could do that all day long, but then making it accessible to people <laughs> is a whole other thing because that requires me to go out and play <laughs> songs for people. And so, so I've ended okay. up in all kinds of spaces that I would not have forecast um, 10 years ago because of taking the writing out into public spaces. And, and in those places, I've found kindred spirits that I would not have known. I would not have even imagined that we had things in common. You know, there, there are people you meet and you find out, oh, we, you're connecting with this experience that I wrote about. And um, that means that we've lived in the same space figuratively, you know, without knowing it. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's, that's great. And you're, what I love is you mentioned before that you're always willing to say yes, especially if it's something that you feel you need to step out of your fear and into a space that, that would be good. And you, you <laughs> well, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's a matter of, you know, um, necessity, right? You know, you, you get to seasons in life, where you're not sure what yeah. you need to do next. And so a door opens and you're looking at it. And you're like, that looks a little frightening. But, you know, it, there's a chance yeah. that walking through that door might illuminate some path for me. And so I'm, I'm willing to try it. I'm, and also, I've experienced enough, you know, quote, failure in my adult life that I'm less fearful of trying something and finding out it's not the thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah. right. Yeah. Th those are good lessons to learn. Um, failure yeah. isn't always, <laughs> it's not fun, but it isn't always bad. It helps to redirect us to the yeah. paths we're supposed yeah, to be and it, and it means you've been brave. It means you've um, lived, you know, and um, I just accept it as more I I accept small failures anyways now as rather commonplace I every time I get up to perform every time every single time I fail in some way you know I will drop a <laughs> lyric or mess up a chord or um you know or whatever I'll just forget something and I don't I barely blink at it now like it's it's okay it's whatever I'm yeah doing my thing I'm human and nobody's gonna die because I messed up well and I think oh yeah, usually they, they might don't. not even notice. So I just you know am getting yeah. to a better place finally, where yeah. I stop spending so much time spinning stories in my head about, you know, the gravity of my failures. <laughs> and I go, okay, well, I learned from that. I know I need to make a note <laughs> of that. But you know, with writing poetry, yeah. you know, I, I you kind of tiptoe into stuff. Also, you know, you you try something and you yeah. share it and if it continue, you know, if every time you share something, it's complete crickets, then you go, mm, well, maybe that's not, maybe nobody needs this, you know? And I, that doesn't mean I don't have to, I, I'm not going to do it anymore. It just might mean that's not the thing that other people need from me. And, um, yeah, that's fine. 
Yeah. Or, or right. that's one you're, you're meant right. for yourself. And then, and then you tip, but you, you know, you yeah. tiptoe out and if you start to find out it matters to somebody, then, you know, at least my approach is if it matters to somebody and it brings me joy, then I'm just going to keep doing it and, you know, take another step at doing it. Yeah. Oh, that That's so encouraging for um, other poets out there who, you know, I, I think we hear crickets <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I know poetry more than other, maybe, oh. I don't know. It, it's a quiet, you know, it's a quiet art. I, yeah. And I think it's a relatively, it's not a closed community necessarily because poets are very open to sharing their work, but I think it's, um, there's a lot of reluctant reception to it for some reason. Yeah, I think, so. um, you know, we just did this <clears throat> poetry circle at a retreat I hosted last or two weeks ago. And it was very similar to when you and I met in that a lot of people who were in there weren't sure, you know, they had never gathered with other people to read poems and it was kind of like I don't know what this is but I'll come sit in and and it was just beautiful how people slowly opened up and pulled out their phones and looked up a poem and read it out loud or shared something they had written um but I do I do think a lot of the world um just doesn't know that they would love poetry they don't know that they're you know, maybe they've only been exposed right. to a certain kind of poem in fifth grade or eighth grade, you know, and, and it didn't happen exactly. to be the type of poetry that, you know, awakened their soul. And I can go to a bookshelf in the bookstore and pull up, pull off, you know, poetry book after poetry book and not be moved by, by it. And then you, then yeah. you find one that does right. speak to you. And so I think we just have to keep doing the work of sharing stuff and so that so that other people who don't know you know they they don't know that they would right. love it and um invite them <laughs> yeah and all it takes i mean i you know i think all it takes is i don't know like i think connections happen and the people who need to find your words mm, find your words yeah. eventually and it, you don't have to connect with everybody. I don't think we're created to connect right. with everybody. But if we can find those kindred hearts out there that that we can feed them and they can yes. feed us, it's a much better place. Yes, yes. So. I'm with you on that. Now, I'm going to ask you, and I don't, I don't remember if I warned you hmm. that I might do this or not, but... Would you be willing to share either a piece of your own work with us or um, a portion of a poem that mm. inspires you oh, or just something? Yeah, I'm... And no, no is a I'm, fine answer. I, I, I feel like I'm kind to, of putting like, you on the so spot. Hard. I'm thinking of other poets. It's so hard to choose. Um... Hmm. Well, you mentioned Mary Oliver. Yeah. Um, let's see. I could read, um, I could read, I have one of mine pulled up and I could also read one of, um, oh, wonderful. Mary Oliver's that I love. There are just so many, so many good ones in the world. Um, so Mary Oliver, one of the ones I love of hers is called when I am among the trees. <clears throat> I've been working on memorizing it, mm. but I don't have it committed to memory yet and um so it goes like this 
When I am among the trees, especially the willows and the honey locust, especially the beech, the oaks, and the pines, they give off such hints of gladness, I would almost say that they save me, and daily. I am so distant from the hope of myself, in which I have goodness and discernment and never hurry through the world, but walk slowly and bow often. Around me the trees stir in their leaves and call out, stay a while. The light flows from their branches. And they call again. It's simple, they say. And you too have come into the world to do this, to go easy, to be filled with light and to shine. I, I, I just love that. That, that line saves me daily. Saves me daily. And, that is- oh, and you too have come into the world to do this, to go easy, to be filled with yeah. light and to shine. I love it so much. Let's see. This is an, one I wrote a few months ago and, you know, I haven't, I don't know, it might change. I haven't edited yet, but um, <clears throat> it's called The Way Out. To answer your question, yes, you will die a few more deaths before your final chapter. You will stare at the ceiling of one tomb or another, feel the gushing, roaring ache of absence. Yes. Don't let fear be more than an occasional tightness at the back of your throat, a fluttering in the ribcage. The first death shaped your hands into keys, your shoulder blades into wings, and your heart into a book of poems that will always remember the way out. The first death gave you life. Do not lay it down. That's powerful. That has some powerful imagery in it. Yeah, it was powerful for me. Again, you know, when I write poetry or songwriting, but lately more poetry, it's just, it, it's so not from my brain. You know, it feels like obviously it is from my brain, but it doesn't feel like it's from my brain. It feels like it's from my gut. And so the images just are there and they mean something to me and then I look at it later and I'm like where did what how did I where did that come from like and I can't recall conjuring it up I'm sure you know what I mean I'm sure there there is a quote I read by a poet and I cannot think who wrote it and it's driving me nuts now but the essence of it was if you look back at your own work and you're surprised Mm. again and again then you know you're doing Mm. something right And I mean, when you said that, it's like, yeah, that's exactly it when you look back. But (laughs) yeah, the, the imagery and part of, part of, for me, I'm a visual artist. And so when you're, when you're talking in images, what I see and what I feel responding to the words, Krista, it's Mm, beautiful. Thank you, Susan. That means a lot coming from you. Can I read you a quote from Mary Oliver that I love so much that really absolutely just absolutely. speaks to what poetry is for many of us. Um, it's in her book um, called Upstream. It's not her poems. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's a great book one. of essays. So um, she says, I learned from Whitman that the poem is a temple or a green field, a place to enter and in which to feel. Only in a secondary way is it an intellectual thing. Um, And then Mm. some other beautiful words, but I'll skip ahead. She said, um, 
I learned that the poem was made not just to exist, but to speak, to be company. And it was, it was everything that was needed when everything was needed. And that last line, mm. just when I read that, I had, it just, um, I was like, yes, yes, that is what it has been for me the last couple of years. It was everything that was needed when everything was needed. Yeah. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. heals you back. That's. Oh, yeah. I, I love I I love how it's it can be direct, but it's it, it gets so indirectly at the heart of the matter, and yet precisely at yeah. the heart of the matter. <laughs> you know, right? Oh, yes, I completely understand. Well, golly, that was. Um, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything else <laughs> to ask after that because it was just oh. so complete. <laughs> I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to ask you to share um, maybe places where folks can find you online, um, social media, where they can connect okay. with you. And, um, you know, I, are you planning another retreat for I am the future? planning yeah. um, several retreats. I have a songwriting retreat early January um, that I'm working on. Okay. Um, Friends at the Farm is the retreat I just had hosted, um, just mm-hmm. hosted two weeks ago. We are planning another one of those for probably March, if not late February, but probably okay. March. And each one of those will be unique. You know, we'll have a different okay. guest artist and that guest artist will help inform the theme and the direction and the way we spend our time that day. So it'll have an element of mystery and surprise every time. And so I'm excited to work on it. Yeah. Well, if there's, if there's a place that people can find more information on those, I would love to direct them there as well. Mm-hmm. If that's possible. I don't have a dedicated website for the retreats. Um, so I do ma- most of my information sharing through face, my Facebook page, Krista Wells, um, okay. or Instagram, Krista Wells music on Instagram. And I do have an email list that if you go to my website or to my Facebook page, you can sign up for my email list. And I try to keep people informed without being too buggy. I don't, I don't send out very many. Okay. And my, my website is uh, kristawellsmusic.com. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, hopefully we can send some folks your way. That'd and, be great. Um, and look forward to seeing and hearing more of your poetry as you thank you for your encouragement susan Uh, i really appreciate it well just keep (laughs) it up keep it up and um i just i'm going to take a a quick minute here to thank you so much again it 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 is an absolute delight to get to spend some time listening to how you how you think and how you tick and um it's just mm-hmm. been a delight so thank you so much Krista I Likewise. appreciate it I'm so grateful we met last year and that I get to see you again in a few months 